Today is Pentecost Sunday, and my suspicion would be if you've grown up in the church, you are expecting me to preach from Acts, where the Holy Spirit is given to the church. Everybody is in one place. Uh, There's this rush of wind that they see the presence of fire that is lighted on each and every person, and not only is the space filled by the Holy Spirit, but each person is filled by the Holy Spirit. But our series is Losing My Religion, so it might not surprise you to know that we're not going to look at Acts chapter 2 as we think about Pentecost Sunday. A couple of weeks ago when we started this series, I showed you a passage where Jesus encounters a leper, and the leper was desperate for Jesus. And so my challenge to you was, are you desperate? Are you desperate for God's presence in your life? And then Jesus' response back to the leper, if you remember the story, it's in Mark chapter 1, if you remember the story, Jesus risked everything to respond to the leper. And he showed us that people matter more than rules. Then last week, we looked at the encounter with Jesus and his disciples as they were celebrating Passover. And Jesus stopped in the middle and washed his disciples' feet. And so we stopped in the middle of the sermon. And I washed our lay leader, Al Danzo's feet. My challenge to you then was, are you... I mean, Jesus' challenge is to be intimate with, with each other, to love each other. And so this week, I want us to look at a different passage about the Holy Spirit to challenge us and make us think, are we willing? I mean, that's, that's the question I want you to wrestle with. Are you willing? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to move in you, to change you, to root anything out of you that is not of God? Are you open to his transforming power? I mean, did you sign on this morning? And this is where you have to just be honest with yourself. Did you sign on this morning because you kind of know what to expect? We're going to sing a couple songs. Andy's going to come up and preach a message. And at the very end, I'm going to give you a few minutes to enter in your comments about what Bible study you want to be involved in. And then you can end your day feeling good because you went to church. Or are you willing to allow God to do something new? New in you, new in me, new in this space. Are you willing to allow God to do something different? And so I want us to go back. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want you to go back into the Old Testament. I want you to open up to the book of Ezekiel. We're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 36. And it comes as a point of of a promise that God gives. Uh, So I want you to look at verses 26 and 27 in Ezekiel 36. It says this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees 
and be careful to keep my laws. Now, this is a promise given by God. Now, what's interesting is we hear that and we go, okay, good. God's going to do something new in me. God's going to give me a new heart. God's going to give me his spirit. And we make it about us. It's just human nature. I love the fact that if you keep reading that passage in Ezekiel, God says, I'm not doing this for you. God says, I'm doing this so that people will know that I am Lord. And then if you keep reading, I just want to read this to you in verse 36. It says this, I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Doesn't get much clearer than that, right? But have you ever read that passage? You ever wondered what the people thought? I mean, did they believe that God could really give them a new spirit? Did they believe that God could really give them a new heart? Did they really believe that the Spirit was going to be given to them? What's interesting, if you go and read the next chapter in Ezekiel, um, I believe it kind of in some ways answers that question for us. Because we get this strange story that for me would seem to indicate that maybe, maybe they doubted. Maybe they wondered, would God really be able to do this? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, when Al and I joined on stage and discussed the, the Ahmad Arbery shooting, I mean killing, I, um, we talked about, from our heart, where we were and what we, what we wondered. And then I told him this morning, I'm like, When will it stop? That's kind of the question is, can God really do this? Can God really pour his spirit in us and move us and and give us a new heart? Ezekiel is speaking. It's, It's a weird story. Ezekiel is speaking to the land, the land of Israel, the desolated land. And so for me, the land represents any situation that seems hopeless, any situation that you don't see a way out of, this is what this story is talking about. You see, Pentecost, this promise of the Spirit, is about the promise of something fresh and something new. It's the promise of hope. It's the promise of possibilities. It's the promise that God really can do the impossible. See, there is nothing so dead that God can't bring life into it. And so this bleak scene of the valley is obvious. What happens is Ezekiel is transported, if you will, and finds himself in the, ma- in the middle of a valley of dry bones. Can you imagine that? The hopelessness of just looking around you and all you see is bones and bones and bones. It's kind of hard for us to imagine, but in that day, it probably was not uncommon to find yourself in an unfamiliar place and to find a set of dry bones because people died of 
famine and wasted away by disease. They were killed by armies. And then it might take years for their bodies to just simply become a set of dry bones. So the sign of dry bones is a sign of defeat and a sign of loss. Along with the fear of one's own possible destiny. And so Ezekiel finds himself in this unknown, unnamed valley. And God asks him an absurd question. Can these bones live? Is there a hope for a future where racism is gone? Is it possible? In, in Ezekiel's day, the answer might have been not likely, God. I mean, dry bones are dry bones, right? Ezekiel answers this question. You alone know. Now, he could have been saying, you know, I don't know. He could have been saying, you know, I don't know. Bones are bones. There's not much I can do about it. He could have been saying, do you know? But regardless of the meaning in that, God tells Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty difficult task. Prophesy to the bones. Preach to the bones. What, what possible good outcome could develop? I mean, the greatest preacher in the world could give his or her best sermon, use the best illustration, stop it and do an emotional object lesson. They could do whatever was the, the most amazing sermon, but, but how are the bones going to react? What's the possibility of anything changing? And yet Ezekiel does the difficult task. He fills his lungs, he begins to preach, and he preaches to the dry bones. And almost immediately, a noise occurs. The bones begin to rattle. They begin to come together. They begin to get wrapped in tendons and muscles and skin. But they are still kind of inert creatures. And so God turns to Ezekiel and says, prophesy to the breath. Now, if we thought preaching to bones was difficult, think about this. Preach to invisible breath. And yet Ezekiel launches into a sermon. He does the difficult task of preaching to the breath. And all of a sudden, there is a rush of wind that comes from all four corners of the earth. And those inert creatures stand up and they become a vast army. And God looks at them and he says, there are the people of Israel. They're the ones who said the bones are too dried up. They're the ones who said their hope is lost. They're the ones who said their lives were completely cut off. But now, look at them. They are a multitude of people. The bones are renewed. The hope is restored. And the lives are refreshed. 
And so then in Ezekiel 37, look at what it says in verse 14. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Do you think they believe it now? I do. Here's the truth. So many of us in the church are looking for the day when church will just get back to normal. What if this is normal? What if everything changes about the way we do ministry? What if everything changes about how we come back together? What if we gather back together and then in September we begin to start having small groups and we say, okay, you know what? Classes, we're going to have to to divide classes so that we can keep people safe or we're going to have to move you to a different room or we're going to have to do the sanctuary down in the fellowship hall. And I say all of those things because none of those are part of the reopening plan. It's the part of you that is resistant. That's the part I think the Holy Spirit wants to talk to today. What if people celebrating the festival of Pentecost... What if they had said, you know what? We know how to do the harvest. We know, how to, we know how to give God thanks for the harvest. What if they had closed themselves off to God doing something new? What if they had closed themselves off to God moving in a different way? Here's the truth, and it's particularly important today in this moment in the life of our community and our world. Some of us need a wind Born restoration. Some of us need Pentecost. Some of us need God doing something new. Are you willing to let him do that in you? And you may think that is scary and that may make you nervous, but I want you to know why it doesn't scare me. Because God has shown himself to be faithful. God brought back together dry bones and brought life into them. When I see something that looks hopeless, God can bring restoration. God can, when I see relationships that are so obviously broken, God can bring reconciliation. When I see something that I cannot fathom, how God can make it work. Nothing's impossible for God. It's not just what God does, it's who God is. We just have to ask ourselves, are we willing? Are we going to hold on to what we know, hold on to what we have accepted, hold on to what um, we understand? Or are we going to let the Holy Spirit Move. Are you willing? Are you willing to believe in the impossible? Are you willing to do the difficult? And are you willing to expect the miraculous? Are you willing for Pentecost? I pray that all of us 
can make that our prayer. Come Holy Spirit. I am willing for you to work in me.